Hi there! Welcome to episode 19 of the Waveback Music Podcast. Tonight's episode is The Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Enjoy! Hello again, this is the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is Vicky. And we're here to talk to you about some of the most interesting video game music there is. This is an episode I've been excited to get to for quite a while. In all my life, no game series has captured my imagination quite as much as this one, and tonight's game is the very first in the series. But it's not just a masterpiece of game design, it's also one of the most influential video game soundtracks of all time, and some of the most memorable music to ever grace the console. Tonight we listen to the music of The Legend of Zelda. This month marks the 30th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda's original Japanese release, and we weren't about to let that go by unnoticed. But similar to our Super Mario Bros. episode, in planning tonight's show, we ran into a slight problem. Uh, this music is well-deserving of our attention, but there's not quite enough of it to fill an entire episode. But instead of pairing it with an analog like we did with Super Mario Bros. and Super Mario Land, for Zelda, we had a different idea. Tonight we'll be listening to and comparing the three major versions of the original game. The original Japanese Famicom Disk System release, the NES version that we got here in America, and the strange BSX Satellaview version. All three games featured the same soundtracks, but there were some very interesting differences to be sure. Uh, Vicky, do you have anything to say before we dive into the game's history? I'm incredibly excited to do this. I kind of feel like I was the one who reminded you that this anniversary was coming up. <laughs> uh, a little bit, a little bit. Said something about Zelda and yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. <laughs> I just I just wanted to be like a little important. <laughs> you are very important. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Legend of Zelda was first released on February 21st, 1986 for the Famicom Disk System in Japan. Food for fun thought. Uh, that was yesterday, the day before we were recording this. It was unlike anything before it and pretty much revolutionized adventure-style gaming. Just as revolutionary was, revolutionary was the game's soundtrack, composed by the now-legendary Koji Kondo. We've spoken about him on the show several times in the past, but uh, if you want to know who he is, he's the guy who wrote the music to the freaking Legend of Zelda, <laughs> uh, in addition to pretty much every major iteration of both Super Mario Brothers and the Zelda franchise, and he's also worked on the Star Fox series, Wii Sports, and more. His catalog is mostly Mario and Zelda stuff, but if you take into account that those are two of the biggest game franchises, period, and he's written some of the most recognizable music in all of video game history, this dude is pretty accomplished. After being a huge success in Japan, uh, The Legend of Zelda came to the United States on August 22nd, 1987. Uh, but since we didn't have the, the Famicom disc system here, or some sort of equivalent, uh, some of the sound design was retooled to get the game on a cartridge, and a shiny gold one at that. Uh, this cartridge version was also eventually released in Japan, but not until 1994. That was Ooh. late. <laughs> Super Nintendo had been out for a while there. <laughs> but speaking of crazy, uh, I mentioned the BSX Satellaview version. Now, if you're unfamiliar, the Satellaview was a satellite game streaming service released in Japan, uh, similar to the Sega Channel here in the States. On August 6th, 1995, Nintendo broadcasted a game called BS Zelda no Densetsu, which uh, is essentially a Super Mario All-Stars-style 16-bit remake of The Legend of Zelda. 
There were several key differences, to be sure, particularly in the story department, but as far as uh, basic gameplay, visuals, map layout, and music, uh, this was a 16-bit rendition of The Legend of Zelda. And it's really freaking fascinating to look at. Uh, it was developed by Nintendo R&D 2, which was the group responsible for ice hockey on the NES, Kirby's Tilt and Tumble, and uh, the Mario Advance games, to name a few. And it is it is just such a curiosity. I love the the uh, the BSX Satellaview. Anyways, uh, we're going to start off with the versions that I would say the people listening to this podcast are probably most likely familiar with, which is the NES version. And then we'll transition to where available... Uh, the Famicom Disk System versions of those songs, because uh, there weren't different songs, there weren't different versions of the entire soundtrack, only of a couple of songs uh, for the Famicom Disk System, and then the BSX versions. So we're going to listen to each version of each song back to back to back uh, for a more direct comparison. And so let's get started. Uh, do you have any final words before we jump into track one? Um, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> okay. Track number one is the intro music for The Legend of Zelda for the NES. Now, this track number one, the intro song, this is the first time this music was played. This is the legendary Legend of Zelda theme, the theme, and this is the first rendition that most people in America ever heard. Uh, And it is my personal favorite version of this specific iteration of it. I love the NES version of the best. Uh, So let's kick it off with a true legendary classic. Here is Intro. Just the the first time you ever saw the NES Legend of Zelda. Oh, actually, it was on my PC. Oh, wow. Yeah. um, My neighbor's friend came over and he installed it onto the PC. And I thought it was the most fascinating thing ever. (laughs) Because the way he got to it, he didn't use like the mouse at all. He was just using like the keyboard. And he's like, this is what DOS is like. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) Oh, man. Running emulators back in the day. Yeah, that was like the nine. That was the early nineties. Well, I uh, I first played this game um, 
back in the 80s, uh, not too long after it had come out, a friend of my sister's had come over and brought the game, and I wasn't really in the room when they started it off. The first time I saw the game was, uh, actually the dungeon theme was the first music that I heard of it, and I was just like totally, totally excited because I had seen... I had seen pictures of this in the old posters, the Now You're Playing With Power posters, okay. and I'm like, wow, that looks really cool. So the next, I think it was later that day or maybe the next day, I saw the gold cartridge, and we put it into my Nintendo, and I turned it on in that intro, that that first title screen. It says The Legend of Zelda and that waterfall and the hills, <laughs> and it's all just looking there, looking all pretty, and this music is unlike anything I'd ever heard from a video game before. It's so symphonic it's so mysterious and then pairing with the music perfectly the the it goes from day to night on that title screen and then it starts scrolling and shows you the story and all the items in the game and just this rendition of the music is is amazing and specifically the instrumentation of it it just it sounds incredible it is one of the best examples of being able to make the nes sing I've ever heard because all yeah. of these notes, like the little, just the, the touch of vibrato to all the, the, the long notes and just the way it, it meshes together so beautifully. Like this song is stunning. <sighs> <laughs> so, um, how have you ever heard the Famicom disc system version of this song? No, I don't think I have. All right. I'm very excited. Uh, so, the Famicom Disk System, which is this is the the very this is the original version. This is the one that came out first, and this is the way it sounded in Japan. The Famicom Disk System had uh, an extra sound channel that the NES didn't have, and uh, Famicom Disk System music always sounds so strange to me. I know that this was the way it was originally written, but this the extra sound channel in the Disk System is. It just always sounds so out of place to me. Um, but this is still a really good version of this song. Um, so let's jump right into it. Prepare yourself, if you've never heard this, for some some unusual sounds coming out of something NES-related. Here's track number two, intro, for the Famicom Disk System.
Okay, so that that is really freaking interesting. Um, I didn't hear this until relatively recently because uh, I didn't have a Famicom disc system when I was a kid. But um, that sound, that weird, it's such a strange sound, almost like trumpety, I guess. But while I, I like the NES version a lot better because it sounds so much cleaner and more mysterious... There's all these extra layers tossed in this one, like that neat bell sound, and there's Ooh, more yeah. things happening at once. Uh, I do prefer another th- bit of the NES one is that the the notes, they're the, the some of the notes towards the end of the song are very staccato in this. Where they they just cut off as opposed to the NES one where they they're really stretched out and it's it just seems to sing a bit better. It's it's a little bit more simplistic, but um, I don't know. What do you think of this one? Um, I. I liked the original one better, actually. <laughs> this one was like a little cuter. I it sounded like very cute and fluty. Is that the word I could use? Yeah, I'll use the word fluty. Fluty, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a I'm 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 kind of with you. Like I, I assume by you mean the original one. You liked our track one. Yes, right? track yeah. one. Because <laughs> technically, this was the original one. Really? I, yeah, this came first. Oh, oh yes, yes, yeah. Famicom. So. It's 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 odd, but uh, yeah, I I like the uh, I like the simpler NES version better. Mm-hmm. And now on to track number three, which is the BSX Satellaview version. Now, like I said, this was a 16-bit remake of this. Um, the 16-bit renditions of the Zelda music are very hit or miss, in my opinion. Um, the the sound team at Nintendo R and D two did. Some things extremely well, and some things uh, just kind of bizarre. And this first track is going to be one of them. It just sounds... It doesn't sound as full as um, these other versions, but it is a very interesting thing. So if you ever wanted to hear what the intro to Legend of Zelda would have sounded like coming out of a Super Nintendo, here it is, track number three, intro from the BSX Satellaview. track was uh, considerably shorter than the other versions and when I think about how cool of a curiosity the BSX Satellaview Zelda game is it reminds me a lot of Ninja Gaiden Trilogy on Super Nintendo where it is technically 16-bit it is technically of higher fidelity but that doesn't necessarily make it better Um, this is not the instrumentation I would have expected out of this song like at all like the original version I, I always kind of thought it had a very kind of flute or violin-y sound, something very strong, uh, solo-ish. And this one just kind of went with this very low trumpet sound and almost comical bass sound once the the main song started happening. And um, 
it's missing the the second loop at the beginning. It's missing the whole second half of the song. Uh, it's it's just strange. Um, not necessarily bad. It's kind of hard to make this song bad, but uh, it is still weird. Um, how did you feel about this one? I didn't notice any of those things actually. <laughs> The uh, yeah, the, the whole second half, the da 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 da. Yeah. Oh my god. That was all gone. It, yeah. it just loops right back to mm-hmm. the beginning. It's so strange. Um, it is a little weird. Um, wow. Why didn't I even notice that? I guess I'm so used to like hearing it that I just it's kind of like muscle memory. The same thing happened to me. I like no exaggeration when I was putting these tracks together. I had listened to it and I could hear it in my head like it was playing the whole thing and then i noticed i noticed that the track was uh 40 seconds shorter than the other ones and i'm like this isn't this isn't faster why is this so much shorter and i listened to it again and realized that it was just missing chunks of the music in fact the second loop right at the beginning i didn't notice until just now (laughs) uh it's boy it's it's strange um, so let's move on to oh. the next track. This next one is the song. <laughs> this is the Overworld music, uh, which was identical for both the NES and the Famicom Disk System release. Uh, it's, I, let's just listen to it. We'll talk about it afterwards. Here's track number four, Yay. Overworld theme for NES and Famicom Disk System. <laughs> the Super Mario Brothers theme. It's just it's just amazing and it's one of those things that's just become so part so much part of the collective consciousness that you don't even really listen listen to it. And I I urge you to really really listen to specifically this iteration of the song because like this is this is the version of it. This is the 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 one we listened to that was the intro was kind of like a, a lead in. This is the proper final version, you know what I mean? And just how complex this song is with just the few channels that the NES had, it never sounds empty. It always sounds intentional. And especially when all the parts are coming together during the main piece of the music, just the, this, this song is just another great example of making the NES sing. It sounds like you almost feel the orchestral nature of this music and you just you just want to go on an adventure like it is it's the most perfect adventure music until i guess the ocarina of time hyrule field 
which was even then just kind of a play on this. But God, this this music. Uh, what do you? How, how do you? How do you feel? I like how like perfect and concise every end of the note is. Like nothing lingers too long. Everything is just perfect. Absolutely right. Yeah. Every nothing. Nothing bleeds. Nothing mm-hmm. is too short. Everything is as as it is. It is mathematically perfect, and it's one of those things. Like when I was a kid uh, and and growing up listening to this song and and listening to it in the soundtrack to that shitty Legend of Zelda cartoon from the Super Mario <laughs> Brothers Super Show. Um, there's more notes to this music than I ever really gave it credit for. Particularly in the, I like to avoid singing on this show because uh, I. I uh, but I don't know how else to illustrate it. Then that that first chunk, the there was actually another another like line in there that's not in the intro music. When you get to that that highest part, it's and it's different from the intro, the the intro version of this song, and yet it's so subtle. But it it adds so much more to the. Uh, it, it's almost like the the instrument itself is playing the part of the drums that it couldn't afford to have within the music because um, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's 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 simply brilliant. It's just a it's just an absolute masterpiece of a song. Um, anything else to throw at it before we move on to track number five? No, we can move on to the next one. Okay, the next one is the BSX Satellaview version of this song, and. Uh, what I would consider easily the most disappointing song of the night. <laughs> oh no! This is the, all right. Think of a link to the past. Okay. Right. Remember how amazing this exact song sounds in a link to the past. Uh, okay. All right. Yes. Now, now let's listen to this. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> What's wrong with this? Boo doo doo doo. Just like that. Yeah, pretty much. Like the bass is silly. Like that bass sound that they're using is absolutely goofy. Um it just sounds cheap. It sounds so hollow and so like it sounds like um there was a time when people used to make MIDI versions of like NES songs on the internet, like back before CD quality sound in games. This sounds like something a fan made. It's Aww. 
it, it, it kind of does. It really does. It does. It sounds like it, it, this is the fan fiction equivalent for oh, video no. game music. <laughs> I mean, it, it took out all of the... Whereas the first, the original version is so complex and has all these small, subtle flares. This cut all of that stuff out and everything is so basic. One, two, three, four. Like, they simplified this song far more than it needed to be. And this was after A Link to the Past. This was released after that. And when you look at how thoroughly an amazing job they did with Super Mario All-Stars in bringing the original NES Super Mario Brothers and making a 16-bit version of it that was... It was it was its own thing. Like, it, of course, doesn't replace the original version, but the 16-bit version is like... They didn't just... They redrew the sprites. They redid the music with, with real love and care. And as one of the most important songs in video game history, hearing it just basically farted out of the Super <laughs> Nintendo. It's so it's disappointing as hell. That's a very um, good way to put it. Yeah, it was a, it was very farty. So, uh <laughs> do, you, do you have anything else to say? Nope. Good. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's move farty. on. Let's move on to some cool stuff here. All right. Um now we're going to move on to the dungeons. Uh, this is the music that plays during all the dungeons except the last one, and this was also the same in both NES and Famicom Disk System. So here is track number six, Dungeon Theme. <laughs> say i was little when i first played this game and this game was hard as hell and this song like it literally haunted me it does sound very haunting it does doesn't it? it's so it is another great example of using the nes's instruments to create a feeling and whereas the overworld music created this adventurous feeling i want to explore this is just eerie and this song is it's it's unsettling um this and the overworld music from the original dragon quest are some of the eeriest music that have ever come out of the nes and it is all due to the instrumentation like this is this song sounds lonelier and creepier than anything in the original metroid and that is saying something um it's this is a, it is a masterpiece of creepiness and just enough um, what's the word I'm looking for? You feel that there's danger around every corner, but not something that's going to jump out at you because everything that it, everything in this game moves very ploddingly, you know, like you walk into a room and it's full of Stalfos or, or, uh, Gibdos. They're all moving in a very specific, slow patterns. Like nothing jumps out at you. Nothing moves super fast until later in the game when things are shooting things at you. But mm -hmm. the characters themselves are always just, just constantly marching towards you 
And this music is just so dangerous sounding. It's so creepy. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I also love the creepiness of this. I don't know personally the the dungeon experience, but I do like it a lot. It is it is one of the spookier sounding video game soundtracks I've heard. I mean, this part, this yeah, particular this is, song. This is legendarily spooky, like without a doubt. <laughs> Too How spooky. F- have have you beaten the original Legend of Zelda? I haven't. I know. Oh, oh boy. Right. Well, that's that's not really something. Like this game's hard. <laughs> this game's really yeah, hard. I um, in my old age, I don't think. <laughs> in your old age. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to beat very difficult games. Like. It's going to take me a very long time to get back to Mega Man because of how frustrated I was. <laughs> well, I think this is a very different kind of frustration uh, mm. than Mega Man. Um, okay. This is, uh, it, it's ever so slightly obtuse and it does not direct you to where to go, but um, this is a, this is quite an incredible game. I would definitely recommend trying to play through this one. This is, this, is, this game has aged pretty well. It's, it's archaic, but it's so classically well done, like... It just naturally goes, and you have experience with open world games too. Like, like yep. this is a very early version of an open world game. Like, if you find level three before you find level two, have at it. Hmm. Break into it as deep as you can. Um, there's very little in this game that is completely prohibitive um, outside of their own dungeons. Like, if you, like, if you don't have the recorder, you can't get into level seven. But um, uh. you'll you'll find that kind of stuff like you'll always be able to see well there's a place where i can use a raft where will i get a raft or you can get to level eight as soon as you find the the candle and you're going to get your ass beat in there because the enemies are hard as hell but you know if you really work at it like what i like i do when i was a kid i just had some bombs and i burnt down this bush i found an entrance and it says level eight on the top of the screen i was like well shit i haven't found level two yet <laughs> uh but i went for it and i was able to get pretty far into the dungeon i got the book of medora and i was like i don't know what this does but i have it now it's fucking cool so yeah i yeah play this game okay. yeah, really i mean you're a fan of this series i am oh i mean this the 3d game, ones <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, you'll see a lot of a lot of that DNA. Like this game has a lot of the original. Th- this the, this game's DNA is heard and seen throughout the rest of this series. And I heard I, I probably shouldn't play Zelda two. You probably shouldn't know, because um, <laughs> uh, if you thought Mega Man was hard, uh, Zelda two will make you call a therapist. Ooh, <laughs> Zelda two is is. I love Zelda 2. Uh, I love it to death. I, it's a really interesting game um, because it is. It still has Zelda DNA, but it's so so different. It is a. It's a side-scrolling platformer, basically. Um, mm. It's insanity, uh, but it is also extremely difficult. That game actually did give me nightmares as a child. Oh no! <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to this music. Um, whereas the last Satellaview song was a pile of garbage, this one is really good. Uh, So I'm not going to say anything more about it. Let's just jump right in. Here is track number seven, Dungeon Theme, from the BSX Satellaview.
oversold it a tad when I said really good. But it's good. It's solid. <laughs> it's it's ominous enough. Uh, it is definitely a different feeling than uh, the NES version. and I, But I, I really like that pipe organ sound that they went with. Um, I don't love the whatever piano-type harpsichord thing they got going on on top. And the strange instrument choice, but, you know... Oh, I like it. It adds to, like... It makes it sound very mysterious. It does, and I like the idea of it. I just think that particular sample um, could be a little bit less silly. I, I guess because <laughs> I've heard that sound... It reminds me a little bit of other sounds I've heard in Mario games, and it's like... Mm, not quite as... It's like, all right, think about the other one. The other one, like, mm-hmm. is is just plain unsettling. Whereas this one, it's like, all right, it almost sounds too dangerous. Um, and then kind of uh-huh. coupled with that light, almost goofy sound. Like, if you were to separate that instrument and play it separately, it sounds... It doesn't sound serious. It doesn't match the orchestral nature of what was happening, what's happening in the lower parts. It's... It doesn't match the rest of the song. It just still feels too cobbled together. So it is nice. This mm-hmm. is probably the one of the better uh, versions of the the music that that came out of the the Satellaview version. But it still leaves a little bit to be desired. It still got nothing on the original. So uh, all right, I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's still good. I I have no other things really. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it is good. It's yeah. like, again, like it's kind of hard to make this music sound bad. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's very good. It's like I I likened this to Ninja Gaiden trilogy before, and I'll I'll do it again. It's like there's this the bone structure of this music is is undeniably great. Uh, it's just the instruments that they've decided to play it with are weird. Uh, some yeah. some of the choices are weird, especially knowing what the Super NES is capable of. Mm-hmm. Like this game. When you think about um, uh, Zelda, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, or even when you think about the other BSX Satellaview Zelda games that used actual like CD-quality soundtracks because they were beaming them through the satellite service, when you get to this one, it's like, what were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> like When you look at exa- like how much love and care was given to the music in uh, the Super Mario All-Stars game, that it wasn't applied to this version of Zelda is just baffling. Like, all right, uh, a perfect analog to this would be listening to the castle music in Super Mario All-Stars from the Super Mario Brothers 1, which mm-hmm. was another creepy-sounding song in a dungeon-type setting for the NES from the same uh, composer from the same period. Uh, and you listen to what they did with that, and it was brilliant. And then you listen to what they did with this, and it was only very good. And I guess I'm just holding it. I, I hold this this series to such a high standard. Um, and I, as a kid, when I first saw Super Mario All-Stars and I didn't know this existed, I was like, they need to do this with Zelda. I would love it if they did this with Zelda. <laughs> and then I later found out that they did. And there's some really cool things about it, but there's also some just kind of odd and off things about it. And the music is is one of those things. It's like you just look at it and think, like again, when Ninja Gaiden Trilogy came out, holy crap, they did 16-bit versions of Ninja Gaiden, and then I turn it on, and it sounds like, uh, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> not so much. So, anyway, I really don't want to crap on the game. It's not like it's here to defend itself. <laughs> but 
All right, let's move on. We're 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 running late. We've had some technical difficulties, so oh, let's yes. let's start let's start blowing through these. Uh, the okay. next two tracks are going to be the final dungeon, the Death Mountain stage, Ganon's Lair, whatever you want to call it. Um, boy, when you make it to this when you make it to this part of the game, you have been through so much, and it is so difficult. And this dungeon is so much bigger than anything else in the game. And it is also brand new music. It's only heard in this final dungeon, and it is awesome. Here is track number eight, Death Mountain, for the NES and Famicom Disk System. You didn't like it? I didn't like it. You said this is like the biggest thing in the game, and it just kind of sounds like bleh. <laughs> that's, that's the best I could put it, just way. Yeah, it's it's not as creepy as uh, the regular dungeon theme. Mm-hmm. And I think what... See, now this is interesting. While, while we're listening to it, I'm, I'm hearing the sounds like of the game. I'm hearing all the different sound effects that are going on in the game. So like... You get to this final dungeon, and this music is a lot more intense um, than the the regular dungeon theme. The regular dungeon theme is is slow and creepy and eerie, and this music with that constant beep 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 with the bass. When you walk into those rooms and like thirty five wizards show up and they're shooting their weird little bloobdy bloob things at you, <laughs> and it's it's there's a certain level of terror. So yeah, I, I I would have to agree with you. This isn't a very good song. It's not very interesting to listen to like on its own, um, but it definitely fits the stage very well. Um, especially having gone through you know, all the prior dungeons with the same music and then you get to this last one and you're just like, oh, okay, all right. Like you, you have this certain, um, the game does this, this way of instilling you with the, the feeling that the dungeons have, like all these different dungeons have that very eerie, slow labyrinth music going on. And then you get to the last one and it has, you know, liveliness to it. There's energy in that song. Mm. And, um, boy, and especially when you actually get to fight Ganon, cause the same music plays when you're doing the final boss, uh, fight. There's just a little musical flour- flourish that happens when you get into the room and then Ganon disappears, and uh, you just have to stab blindly and hope that you hit him. <laughs> it's uh, he's he's pretty tough. He's pretty tough, but uh, he only takes one silver arrow to die. Ooh. Now uh, let's move on to the Super Nintendo version. On meanwhile, on the BSX Satellaview, this uh, song sounded like this. Now I do have to point out that uh, I said that the last track was from the NES and FDS versions. Uh, there was a slight difference in the FDS version. There's a um, just a eight or 16 flat bass notes that started off by itself before it goes into the song itself. That is carried over in the Satellaview version. Um, it just wasn't in the NAS version, probably because it's pointless. Uh, so here is track number nine, Death Mountain from the BSX Satellaview. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so we're 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 here listening to the music, basically just tearing it apart. This is just embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I, I like it even less than the last one. Goofy like, and wacky. It is like it's 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 got slap bass going on. What did I just say? It was like, it's like funky jazz time in Ganon's lair. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Like, why is there slap bass? playing underneath this song and why did they go with like all right so when you listen to the other one uh you've got the kind of deeper um oh boy what's the word i'm looking for very imposing sound like nefarious even the, <laughs> nefarious it's got a very deep nefarious sound and instead of using i don't know a trumpet or or something deep it's it goes with this very soft string sound to play the main melody. It doesn't make any sense. It's just not a good choice. Oh, goodness. All right, well, so you've never beaten Legend of Zelda, so chances are you've never heard this song, because as far as I know, it's only ever been reused in the Legend of Zelda Four Swords adventures uh, when you Ooh. play it multiplayer and finish a stage while they're judging you um, that plays a version of this song. And as far as I know, that's the only time this song has ever appeared in another Zelda game. And that's because it is so different from anything I've ever heard in a Zelda game. It's just weird. Um, it's a good tune. It's um, it's it's a cute tune. It's adorable. It's Yay. very much music from this era of gaming. Like this is this is a Koji Kondo kind of tune, and it's very like. But it reminds me a lot of the simpler games that they they were coming out at the time. It's it is not. It is Zelda music, but it's distinctly not Zelda music. Um, and this is another one where we have three different versions to listen to. So let's start with um, probably my favorite version of it, the NES version again. So here is track number 10, Ending. Thank you. 
Becky, what did you think of that adorable number? Um, I thought it was super cute, and I also thought it sounded like Mario music. <laughs> it I... kind of sounded like something from, like, you know, Paper Mario. Or even the original Super Mario. Oh, yeah. Like, I could so hear this. This song sounds makes so much more sense as a Mario song because it's inherently goofy. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, it's got that very, like, I don't know, vaudeville, the, the curtains coming down, thanks for playing kind of a yeah. thing. And that's, it's so out of place in Zelda. Uh, it's so weird. Um, but I did love when it was reprised in Four Swords Adventures because that game is so inherently goofy on its own. When I was playing it with my friends and we finished the stage and that song came, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. They reused this music and they did it just, just gloriously. Lots of trumpets, very, very silly sounding. So uh, we next have the Famicom Disk System version, which is the original version. And it again uses the um, strange instrumentation of the Famicom Disk System. But what's neat about this one is that they really use that extra sound channel to continue um, that kind of intro thing that they had going on, that riff that was playing. It continues further into the song because they've got that extra sound channel to keep it going. So... This is it's a, this is a really interesting version. I don't again love the instruments, but I really like the uh, the the this song edition of it. So here is ending from the Famicom Disk System. totally like that one better it's uh, what do you so think? yeah i like it much better it's like it has more like chimes and stuff yeah the the chimey noise is, is far less abrasive mm-hmm. um than it was in the nes version and the way that that chime that chime riff continues throughout it sounds so good and you know it's obviously it was just a limitation of the nes uh not having that continue during the uh, nes version but it's a lot richer it is. It's richer. Mm-hmm. I really like that song. I don't like it as a Zelda song, but yeah, I really like fit. that song. It's, just, <laughs> it's so silly. But, um, you know, when you get to the end and Zelda's there wearing that red dress and boy, boy, oh boy, that game. The memories I have finally <laughs> beating that game. Oh, boy. I, 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 haven't, I haven't played through that game to conclusion in about two years. I played through. I think the last time I played through it was when my son was born. And, wow. Uh, yeah, it was one of the first things I did in the hospital with him. I had my 3DS with us, and uh, 
That was his first exposure to a video game. Not that he could really hear, see, or understand any of it because he was like <laughs> a few hours old, but he was just sleeping on my chest and I was playing Legend of Zelda and I was like, this right here is the business. You listen to this. This you is the business. This, <laughs> this is the business. And, uh, and he likes he likes Legend of Zelda. He likes Link. We played through like half Ocarina of Time. Oh, he got yay. a little bored of that one. Oh. Um, but now we're playing through Wind Waker, and he adores it. It's Wind Waker so is my fun. favorite game oh. of all time, and he's he's loving watching Wind Waker because it's like watching a cartoon. It's, it is. I love gorgeous. the cell shading. I I was so mad when people were bashing it for like them using that when it came out. I'm like, no, this is gorgeous. This is perfect for this game. I you know what I was I was one of those people. In <gasps> fact, um, the uh, when. This before the game came out, it was the uh, when they released the first trailer for it. Um, I was the letter of the month in Electronic Gaming Monthly after that E3, and I was I still hate that original trailer because it was <laughs> it was way too goofy. Like you know they did the Roadrunner thing where they they were swinging their legs in the air and they fell down and then oh Link winked God, at the screen. So it's like this is this is bad. This is not at all what I want. And then they're not um, very good at advertising, actually. It was the following year when I saw more of the game, and I was blown away by it. I, the following year, when they showed real gameplay of the game, I just saw a video of Link running through a town, and I was like, "Holy shit! I get it. This is Samurai Jack, and this is fucking <laughs> gorgeous." Um, and it was just it 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 it. All right, so. Original Legend of Zelda, the game we're talking about, captured my imagination unlike anything in my life before it. I was in love with Hyrule, and it had everything to do with just the mythology, the music, and just the imagination that just welled up in my head about this game. And when A Link to the Past happened, I was, again, just completely reignited with, like, now they've expanded on this mythology, but look at the world. Look at how bright the greens are, how blue the water is. This is incredible. And then Ocarina of Time happened, and at the time, I was, again, totally floored with where they took the mythology. And while that game hasn't aged extremely well, uh, it meant a lot to me at the time. But when I saw The Wind Waker... And when I still see the Wind Waker, like I, even the GameCube version, not just the HD one, that game is everything my imagination could have possibly wanted. That game is nothing but exploratory imagination. When folks would complain about the sailing, I would just look at that. I love the sailing. I'll just turn on the sail and whip the camera around with the right analog stick for as long as I can, watching the sunset and the sunrise, the storms, the weather, looking at the islands, in the, the crazy draw distance in the horizon, be like, there's an island over there. I'm going to go sail to it and see what's on it. Oh, nothing. Who cares? There's, <laughs> there was always some sort of small thing or something on those islands. And when we do a Wind Waker episode, I'm, I'm going to lose I'm so my excited. Um, oh, my God. Just dragged roost island. I can't. Yeah. I can't contain it's, myself. It's so good. But uh, unfortunately, we're going to end on a bit of a down note here. <laughs> Damn. This is... um. All right, so the Famicom Disk System version of the ending music was great. The BSX Satellaview, in traditional fashion, um, this is uh, not quite as bad an offense as what they did to the main Zelda theme, because that's a better song to ruin, but 
this is a this is a very confusing instrumentation oh boy. of uh, the ending scene. So prepare yourself for our last track of the night, track number twelve, ending from the BSX Teleview. time yet <laughs> well the song's over nap time's over <laughs> how about you go first uh that kind of ended on like such a a weak note you're it right did. it was a very it's, sad kind of downery it's just weak like it's <sighs> there's there's you moments just in beat that. the game come on yeah there's there's definitely pieces of that that I think are interesting with that instrumentation. Like some of the higher um, harmonies sound quite quite lovely with that uh, particular instrumentation. But that would have worked as like a part of the song. First off, there there was no need to slow it down as much as they did. Um, they sapped all of the energy out of the song, and then using that really low clarinet sound, like. It should be this song by its nature is celebratory, and they made it sound like it was coming out of a funeral parlor. I just, ugh, sadness, profound sadness. <laughs> yeah, I got that too. But chances are you'll never play this game because it's it's never been. I mean, this game has never has never been re released in any way, shape, or form. Um, most of the Satellaview stuff hasn't. Uh, there are neat ways to emulate it. Um, 
obviously we don't officially condone oh. any illegal emulation. Oops. But um, there are there are if you are so inclined reproduction cartridges out there. Now there is no way to actually replay this game as it was originally intended because. This game was accompanied by a, a live vocal track um, that was explaining the plot and giving you directions as you played. Um, and it also didn't star Link. It starred um, your characters from the Satellaview service. Um, this, is a, this is a weird game experience. Look up BS Legend of Zelda and um, you'll see uh, just, just a really interesting history on a really interesting game. And some, some hackers have spliced in Link in, uh, as the main character, a 16-bit sprite of Link, and um, made it essentially playable. Uh, and it is really, really interesting experience. Uh, just just because, wow, they made a 16-bit version of Legend of Zelda, and it is nothing like you would imagine it to be, uh, especially after playing A Link to the Past. But So unfortunately, that's how we're going to end things uh, with the the audio section. Um, Vicky, do you have any other final thoughts on The Legend of Zelda? (sighs) Um, I'm sad. (laughs) I'm sad that this is over. I wish there was more to talk about. (laughs) I I think Zelda might be my my favorite game franchise. It's definitely mine. Yeah. uh, Without a doubt. I can't think of another one that I would love so much. Oh, maybe Final Fantasy, but we'll get there soon. <laughs> we will. We will. We will get there soon. We've yes. got. We've. Vicky and I have talked about a lot of games that we have on the horizon, and um, there's a couple other anniversaries come uh, this year because, I mean, this year I wrote a whole thing about it on Geekade. This year was the uh, saw the original releases 30 years ago for Legend of Zelda, Kid Icarus, Metroid, Dragon Quest. Um, and, and a couple others, and there's other anniversaries coming up soon. But there's a lot of really good music to celebrate this year. Um, and Legend of Zelda, while this isn't the most versatile soundtrack, there's no denying there's some really incredibly well done songs in this game, especially the main theme, which is the music you hear more often than not uh, when you play this one. So, if you've never played the original Zelda before and you fancy yourself a fan, I highly recommend it. It's available every way from sunday like on every nintendo system you can find some version of this game in some way shape or form and i cannot recommend it enough um make it happen uh play through the legend of zelda it's not that long there's tons of walkthroughs online Uh, if you get stuck you get lost it's just really well worth your time because mechanically speaking it's just a fun game um but there that's all we've got that's our show um tune in next time As we celebrate another anniversary, we'll be honoring 20 years of Pokemon and we'll be listening to the sweet sounds of the original Pokemon Red and Blue. As always, we would love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of these games, so if you like, send them to mail at geekade.com and if you have any suggestions for other games you'd like us to listen to music from, Again, mail at geekade.com. While you're at it, check out all our other social media channels, which you can totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. Thank you again for listening, and good night.